are you? I'm Cassidy Quinn and this is Mentally Together. Because whether you can see it on the surface or not, we are all just trying to keep ourselves mentally together. And no matter what our brains are experiencing, we're not alone, we're together. As I'm recording this, it is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And one of the things I keep becoming more aware of in the mental health realm is the fact that so many things are related to our mental health. Like things that aren't technically a mental illness or a disorder, but if left neglected, could lead up to a mental illness or could add to the symptoms of something that's already going on in our brain. Like perfectionism. I think I've always somewhat known that I'm a perfectionist, but I've always kind of just joked about it. Like, oh, that video took me so long to edit because I'm just a perfectionist. Or, oh, I can't use that pen to write in my journal because I'm a perfectionist. Ha ha ha. So I've never really taken it that seriously. And I also don't know if I've ever really thought of it as being connected to my mental health. And in some ways, I've actually leaned on that perfectionism as a good thing. Like one of those things that when you're in a job interview and they ask you, what are your flaws? You can say, oh, I'm just a perfectionist, which, you know, can be bad, but it just means my work is really good in the end. (laughs) And yeah, that can be true, but it can also be true that this perfectionism can become toxic when we start being way too hard on ourselves and perceiving anything that's not totally perfect as a total failure. Like when that mean voice pops up inside our head and tells us that whatever we're working on or doing in our lives isn't good enough and isn't perfect, so we might as well just not try. Is that what the mean voice in your head sounds like? Because that's definitely what it says to me sometimes. Anyway, if that feeling does sound familiar to you and your brain, maybe it won't come as much of a surprise when I tell you that the American Psychological Association says that perfectionism is associated with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health problems. And a study the APA published in 2017, which I will link in the show notes if you want to read more of it, found that this perfectionism in the world is increasing over time. From 1989 to 2016, the proportion of participants who exhibited traits of perfectionism rose by up to 33%. And that sucks. But... It also means that clearly, if you or I am struggling with some perfectionism of our own, we're definitely not alone. And I like to think that that also means that we can all work together to combine our knowledge and figure out how to rid our brains of this perfectionism. My guest today is a self-proclaimed perfectionist. Or at least she has been in her life. But she is fighting against it now. So much so that she literally wears a bracelet every day that says fuck perfect it's nikki limo nikki limo is a content creator podcaster comedian actress and more she creates video blogs on her youtube channels about her life and her life includes anxious moments depressed days and lots of self-care Some days she's making candles and doing a new moon ritual. Some days she's showing you how she sets up her bullet journal or she's meditating or going on a walk outside. She's always trying new things to figure out how to make her brain feel happy and productive. Another one of those things for her is making jewelry. She has her own jewelry line called Kittens and Coffee, which she is getting ready to relaunch very soon. 
And one of the pieces she sells is a bracelet that says, fuck perfect, which just serves as a reminder to her in any of those moments where things are not going perfectly and maybe she made a mistake and ah, oh my gosh, everything is bad. Reminds her to take a deep breath, slow down, the world is not ending, and it is okay that things are not perfect, that she is not perfect. So I loved talking to Nikki about how she's learned to combat some of that perfectionism, how she builds new habits into her routine, and where her childhood crying spot was. (laughs) Because, fun fact, I had one too. So, let's get into it with... She's a chic wife, she's here for the vibe, and she's just the ultimate self-care queen. It's Nikki Limo. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is great. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you here. I have watched so many of your videos, listened to so many of your podcasts, and I think I said this to you in emails setting this up, but you've just been a big inspiration for me. And not. I feel like sometimes when people say that, it's like, it makes you self-conscious because you're like, oh, I'm up on this pedestal. And, like, yeah, they think I'm this ex- perfect human. But the thing that I really appreciate about you is that you seem like a perfect human in many ways, but you're also like actually a human. And so you seem to be like forgiving with yourself and patient with yourself and like practicing these self-care things. And so it helps me do that for myself. So thank That's you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I very much try to put all my flaws forward. So like, if you want to follow me, just so you know, this is what you're getting warts and all you're not getting like a glamorized version of a human. Uh, I definitely fail a lot. So <laughs> there you go. But also very glamorous because I'll be like, oh, shoot, Nikki, like really did her makeup today and looks amazing. And I'm actually tried today. So Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes we try. Sometimes. So my first question for you is inspired by a question that your wonderful husband, Steve, asked you on an episode of your podcast. Oh, I like that guy. I do, too. I'm glad that you like I hear you guys are going to get married. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm told I'm going to have all those babies. We're going to get married. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) The question is, how are you really? Oh, yeah. I like that question. Um, you know, you caught me at a good time. So, Ooh, okay. and what's so funny is that he just did a redo of that episode. Like last week we recorded it. And oh. I also was caught at a good time where I was like, <laughs> I'm having a good day. Like, so yeah, right now, currently, if I am completely honest, cause you gotta just like really center and be honest, because our first instinct, I feel like, is to always be like, I'm fine. Great. Everything's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, nothing to complain about. Got a roof over my head, food in my stomach. It's great. But if you like really want to get centered and answer that question accurately, um, like there's a whole emotional life that we all carry. And it's like an ocean. What? It's like always <laughs> varying Ooh. and moving and it's fluctuating. And I feel like some more than others. Some people are way more stable. Um, I'm very fluctuating. Like I could tell you right now, I'm in a great mood and that's 100% true. And then right after this, this podcast, I like something could get lost and then I, I freak out because someone needed me and I lost this thing and like, and then my whole, everything falls apart. So, um, right now I'm doing great. (laughs) I, I'm very glad you are doing great, first of all. And then second of all, you just talking about losing something and freaking out makes that just made my heart beat fast because that is exactly, for some reason, this memory just popped into my mind. It's really random of when I was in high school and I was, I went to college for acting. And so I had to go audition for the schools and I had this perfect lipstick 
that was going to be my audition lipstick and you know it's like neutral yeah. but but pretty and Perfect then yeah and then my dad and I were flying out to New York for the audition the next morning and I lost the lipstick and I blew my shit oh my god it was <laughs> it's a lipstick oh, but I was like oh, but yeah oh my god it's gone I, my whole life is ruined they'll never because because you planned it a certain way and it's like it's already a really auditions are just like just you saying the word audition like fills my heart with anxiety they're already like perfect we're like edge. three minutes in we've given each other anxiety based <laughs> yeah. on our comments perfect it's <laughs> a panic attack first <laughs> Yeah. So I know I totally relate to that. Uh, one time we were visiting Steve's family and it was in the, the beginning of our relationship and I had a job interview the next day or wait, was it an audition or a job? No, maybe it was an audition. There's a separate time where it was a job interview. This is an audition and it was a commercial audition. But anyway, I left all of my makeup at his parents' house in San Diego, which is oh no. a oh no. two or three hour drive away. And so I had no makeup for the audition. <gasps> I ended up, um, well, I freaked out first because as you do. And then uh, because I only I only started looking for my makeup, you know, two hours before I had to go so that I could get ready, you know, so I had to like think of my feet. I went to the mall, went to a makeup counter, did my makeup at the makeup counter and then went yes. to my audition. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it all gets it's like <laughs> you're allowed to freak out as long as you kind of develop some coping mechanisms to help you get through it. And then the more you do that, you kind of build confidence in your ability to get through it. So you're like, okay, I'm allowed to freak out because I know that <laughs> she's going to catch me and get, and we're going to get through it. She, as in like your as internal, in me, my future self. mechanism self. Yes. Ooh, what are those things as someone uh, that, you know, has those moments uh, more than I'd care to admit, what are some of those things that in the moment you're like, Ooh, we can get through this and, and, and deal with it. Yeah, it depends on what it is. So I feel like, uh, like I say she, but I'm like, <laughs> so, so many like internal things that I've tried to work out. But uh, yeah, I feel like I am, and most of us are, even if we don't acknowledge it, our <laughs> child self and our maternal self and our adult self. Like we have so many hats yeah. that we wear inside of one person. And so, um, yeah, like my child, our child selves will always come out in our moments of vulnerability or like our you know, when our barriers are thin or low or whatever. And that's like, you know, losing the lipstick is like it shut your barriers down. And then you're in your child self moment who is like, I'm, I don't, I'm not safe. I need, had the, needed this thing. And now I'm, I don't know what's going to happen now because that was part of the plan. And it was like the key ingredient to my plan. And now <laughs> I don't know, is life going to be gone? Is it going to be over? Am I going to be unsafe? Like it's all, it all has to do with whatever you felt as a child. Like maybe you felt unsafe as, as a child and needed a certain security blanket or, uh, you know, a stuffed animal or something. Um, so then you're after your child self freaks out, I don't know. I hear my mom's voice, which now has become my Ooh. maternal self's voice, which is like, it's okay. Like, we're going to get through it. You're so silly. Like, <laughs> you know, let's go. Let's go. Hey, let's go to the mall. Like, and I formulate a plan as if I'm pitching it to a friend who's going through a, a moment of despair where I'm like, hey, let's just fix it. It's fine. Like, we're it's, it's going to be good. You're okay. And even if it's like something crazy, like I can't pay the rent. Oh my God. Like, am I going to be homeless? Am I going to be on the street? Like, am I, I am Things I going to actually I, matter? <laughs> yeah. Even that is like, there's so many steps between not paying my rent and being sleeping on the streets Um, that I, if you can just like, if you just let yourself you know, you're allowed to have feelings and, you know, it's very stressful to not be able to pay, pay your rent. But then afterwards recognize, okay, there's a series of steps that I can follow before 
anything drastic happens. I, I can I can borrow money from a credit card. I can ask my parents for money. I know I'm going to make this money back. Um, so I'll put those plans in place later. But, you know, there's so many steps that you can do. Maybe I do get evicted. And then I ask to sleep on a friend's couch. You know, there's so many. And totally in those moments, like we just don't think of them. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to go to the worst case scenario. Be like, yeah. If that happens. Yeah. If I'm homeless. Okay. Probably tonight I could go. Yeah. Go to my friend's house. I'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and that's perfect. What you said there was like going to the worst case scenario. If you just let yourself go there first, then it kind of stabilizes where you actually are, where you're like, okay, wait, it's not going to go there. So we're like, we're okay. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that seems backwards. It's like, no, I shouldn't think about the worst case scenario, but if I'm already on the way there, I should just get there and then we can come back from the edge. (laughs) Exactly. Because otherwise your brain is going to spiralize and like connect dots until you do believe that you're going to be there. Uh (laughs) Just go there first and exit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Which is why we went there first on this podcast. (laughs) Nice. Look at us. Perfect. So from the outside, as someone that watches your content and listens to you talk, it does seem like you're very forgiving with yourself. Like I remember it was probably years ago at this point. I used to have no skincare routine. And then I was like, oh, Nikki's like doing this skincare routine. But it was because I only paid attention and appreciated the advice because you also talked about like, I fall asleep with my makeup on. And first it's weird how specific things people say stick in your brain. Cause I think you are the one that I heard this from that if you fall asleep with your makeup on, it's like seven days, your skin gets seven days. Still in my brain, but it is. And last night I might have fallen asleep on the couch with a makeup on, but that's it happens. Okay. But yeah, you kind of are like it happens and we can move on from there. You seem very forgiving with yourself. Is that how I mean makeup is a weird example, but is that how it feels to yourself too? Yeah. Now uh I think that like there was so much of my life in like early in teenage years and early adulthood of just beating myself up constantly. I wouldn't even say that's completely disappeared, but you know, I was raised in a house. My dad's Asian and it's culturally like, they're just a lot stricter. Like there's a, there's almost this sort of like mandatory perfectionism that runs at least in our household. And my mom's the opposite. So it was really funny (laughs) seeing them parent because like, she's like the most laid back person ever. So I kind of felt like I was able to balance in that way, but you know, the parent that's the strictest, like you want to make them happy, like innately as a child, you're like, you either rebel or you just really want to make them happy. So I, yeah, like I, mistakes were not allowed at all. And I used to get yelled at and to the point, like, just where I was like hyperventilating a lot as a child. And then it, and then it got to the point where like, as an adult, I didn't even need my dad there to yell at me. I'm yelling at me. I'm like beating myself up over every single mistake. And, and it wasn't really until Steve, like years, he's so patient. He's like the most patient (laughs) man ever. Um, but years of him, just every time this happened, he's like, it's not that big of a deal. Like people make these mistakes often. Like these are, this is this thing that you're like, so like your world is crumbling about, like this happens regularly for people and they just brush it off. And, and like him just pointing out more and more that it's very normal to make mistakes, like blew my mind. (laughs) And so after like repetition of like, you know, making a mistake, wanting to be myself up and being like, wait, is this a little mistake? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, are we learning from it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, (laughs) 
we don't need to beat ourselves up. We could just skip the middle part where we beat ourselves up and have a bad week and just like skip to the, huh? Okay. Well, we won't do that again. And we'll, you know, we learned from it. And I think that especially with perfectionists, like it's just really hard to get over the hump of not beating yourself up and just like we learned from it because there's nothing you can do now. Like if you make a mistake, like all you can do is resolve it. Like there's no like reversing time and going (laughs) back and fixing a mistake. Like you just have to learn from it and grow from it. So yeah, I feel like I am much more gentle with myself now. Um, I still feel that sting of like, ugh, I made a mistake. Ugh, I hate that. But, you know. It's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. But fuck perfect, you know? Yes. That was my next question from this topic is because that's one of your mantras, right? Yes. Fuck perfect. (laughs) That's like jewelry and. mm -hmm. I need many reminders. (laughs) (laughs) I have it on my bracelet. I wear this bracelet every day. Yeah. This is, these bracelets are coming back soon. Check out Kittens and Coffee. Oh, yes. But um, yeah, it's just like a little engraving that says fuck and perfect on this side. And I feel like when, you know, when I'm looking down, I, it's a reminder, like you're typing on the keyboard. It's a reminder. You're, you know, I get stressed many times throughout my day. So it's always a reminder to like breathe and be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. The world isn't ending every, like, I feel like the world is ending every like seven minutes. So <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's yeah, hard. I definitely understand that. And I've heard you say also that sometimes like, yeah, you will have those weeks where you feel like crap. you feel totally unmotivated. And then you have weeks like luckily today at the beginning, you said you're in a great mood. Things are great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I liked what you said. Can't remember where or when, I don't know, but that how now sometimes when you are feeling in a good place, you try to like do more of the things like create content and do the things that, you know, maybe next week you'll feel like shit and you won't want to do them. And so then you can help your future self. It's like saving for a rainy day. Like, you know, people always say that with money. They're like, you got to save for a rainy day, but they don't say that about your mental health, like where, or your productivity. Like, and so if you just take that analogy and shift it over, it's like, oh yeah. Like, why don't I, like, I always have extra energy. And then I'm like, oh, I have free time. I don't know what to do with all this energy. Like (laughs) "Mm, maybe I'll do something creative. I don't know. But instead of that, I just like, you know, put it into another project and stockpile and then the next week, if I'm not feeling so good, it's okay. Like it's way less stressful because I'm like, oh, if this is covered. And also having a team, which I am so grateful for. Like I'm so fortunate that like after all these years, I used to do everything by myself, but now like there's a team for big mode. There's a team for shit they don't tell you. There's a team for kittens and coffee. There's a team that does the taxes and all this stuff, like the business side of things. There's, um, I mean, I have my husband too for (laughs) life things. Like he's always helping. Like right now he's getting oranges because there's this hack that we want to try because I lost, um, my sense of smell and taste with COVID in December. And then it returned. And then my senses shifted to where everything smells like a latex glove and it's very pungent and it's really offensive and I hate it. And I like, <laughs> I would so rather sorry. not smell anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's out there getting oranges cause we heard that that might fix it. So he wow. does those things. So yeah. <laughs> totally different note. I've heard you talk about how you do have depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time, like, were you pretty young when you yeah. Uh, or even just like felt it and didn't know what it was. Yeah, it was definitely a felt it and didn't know what it was. Um, Cause you know, 
when you well, when you're a kid, you don't don't really have anything to compare to. So you just like, oh, everyone feels this way. So I do remember like just it'd be the same thing as now where it's like a period of like a week where it's just everything's bad. And I just want to curl up into a blanket and like not talk to anybody or be around anything. Um, And as a kid, you know, especially in my household where, you know, it's perfectionist household. It's like, you don't, you're not allowed to do that um, unless you are sad because you hurt yourself. Like if you're physically injured or there's like some health reason that you, there has to be a reason, a logical reason for you to be upset. If not, then you need to buck up and like, get your shit together and go to school and do all the things that everyone else does because that's the real world. And to some degree that is true. That is the real world. And that's what it, what's expected of you. I'm glad that the stigma is kind of fading a little bit where yeah. some workplaces are recognizing mental health and letting you take mental health days, but definitely wasn't the case in the nineties. And I think the first time that I can vividly remember that was when I was eight or nine, like around then it just felt like, I just didn't feel like I would ever fit into like any with anything and not in a way where like, oh, my clothes are the same or my um, I get the jokes or whatever, but just like in uh, an emotional sense, like I felt like I did feel emotions way more intensely than my peers because if I cried at random moments, they would make fun of me. And so and like they would be like, you're baby you know like you know whatever kids do like you're a little baby and then so you're trying to hide it but I can't hide it so I'm like I think I feel like I feel things too much like I feel them too strongly and there's nowhere to hide when that happens because it's embarrassing and I'm like I don't want to get made fun of for it and I don't want to get yelled at for it so there's there's nowhere to go and I I remember being in the pool and feeling this way one like one of the weeks we were at the pool and I realized that underwater like (gasps) nobody could see your see you cry <laughs> no one could like oh my God. <laughs> I know it's like the saddest thing but <laughs> but also no, genius <laughs> yeah and so I would cry loud like because no one could hear you no one could see you if you came up like and there's water on your face like it just looks like you're in the pool or your, your eyes, eyes are red, red. <laughs> you're in the pool <laughs> so I would use I would always want to go to the pool like during these times and so I didn't have to be around anybody and I'm just oh. like I could just scream into a void basically. And that was, yeah, that was like eight or nine. That is really impressive that you figured (laughs) that out. That makes, wow. Why didn't I go to the pool? I remember there was like a rock by my parents don't live at this house anymore, but there was like a rock outside down the street that I would go sit on and cry. (laughs) It was like, okay, I need to leave the house and I'm going to go sit on my rock in the sun and just cry. And I don't even remember what I was crying about, but I remember crying on the rock. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm so glad that you were were able to like recognize that. Like, okay, here's my rock. I feel like we all kids especially like need a a safe space to go to like where they know that they're allowed to have any emotion they want that they won't be judged for it you know especially if they're being judged in their own house like they need like some spot like where they can go totally and now these days like some spot where their phone is not with them and no internet and their ipad or whatever (laughs) i i I just see mental health issues happening younger and younger now because of a lot to do just amplified by social media and all this stuff totally it's so sad yeah I know and even like we talk about it when we were kids and so yeah it's like, shoot if we felt it when you know you were eight or nine like 
imagine three now and they're like crying on a rock or in the pool i don't know the only benefit i can say though is that i do see a lot of mental health posts on social media so i'm glad it's getting a lot more awareness and then thus less stigma from it but yeah it's it's very interesting how our world is evolving even like I think TikTok is so great and also so horrible, but I really love, like my feed has become like mental health TikTok and it's lovely. Their algorithm is amazing. Like genius. Yes. Once they (laughs) realize what you like to see, they just hit it over and over and over again. The most Mine's a lot of like, it's okay. You can take a, like, I'll be on there for an hour. And then it's like, take a break. Look away from your phone. I'm like, fine. Fine. You saw into my soul. Damn it. It's (laughs) amazing. Mine's like cats, cats. Uh, art, like a lot of like I, I get zoned into like the art videos where they're just like drawing Ooh. a peaceful picture for a minute and like I get to see the finished product like they, you know, condense it down so you can actually see yeah. the finish, but they're just like peacefully painting. I'm like, so it calms my mind. It is very soothing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember like when was the first time you actually talked about your mental health in a video or on the Internet and opened up about it? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I I did some sketches about it. Uh, I did this Ooh. this series called Self Help. It was a bunch of sketches about basically about mental health, all the different things, aspects of it, and also being in the industry. But it was basically I had myself, and then like this therapist self would pop in, and like Ooh. she would try to give like therapy advice but it would always get fucked up and so I'd end up worse off than than when I started (laughs) yeah and so it was like it was comedy and it was sketches but it incorporated a lot of what I learned in therapy just like twisted to you know be end up she like almost has the concept but then she twists it and makes it worse (laughs) and then I I did some like makeup uh routine for depression where it's like about masking all of it and like making people not ask you if something's wrong but like people in the people in the comments got very triggered they were like you're perpetuating the stigma like you can't just solve depression with makeup I'm like no oh my gosh that's not what I'm saying <laughs> I'm very sad and I just tried to not have people notice oh geez that was in like 2015 the the self-help oh, series wow. was in 2013 wow that goes way back yeah <laughs> Like, why haven't I seen this? Oh, because it was 2013. Yeah, <laughs> way, way back. And like, it's now ancient. Wow, that was nine years ago. That's kind of crazy to think about because, or eight years ago, math. Um, who, who it feels like it? yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So after that, so people kind of reacted in a weird way, which is so odd to me. Yeah, because it wasn't really accepted yet. Like people weren't like, yeah. people didn't have podcasts. People didn't, the trend on YouTube was not to have long videos where like you actually are vulnerable and like, you know, are um, yeah. talking from your authentic self. The, the trend back then was high comedy, like like very fast comedy and um, things that don't take very long. Like every all the videos had to be under five minutes. <laughs> and then like, if you were going to you know, be authentic. It had to be like a listicle, like, or something like that. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> and you feel wasn't... like it's, it seems like it's changed. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. like we're doing this, you've opened up about it in a lot of your vlogs and yeah, I'm, I'm, like... I love podcasts. I'm, I know everyone has one now, but I just, <laughs> I'm glad that that's like the way things are going where we can just like listen for an hour and right. we can actually like just have a conversation and be yourself and not worry about how long the video is going to be or like how many edits you're going to have to make or, you know, all that stuff that we used to worry about. It's like actually real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So one thing you do post a lot about in your vlogs, in addition to just talking about your mental state in general when it comes up, is the different habits that you've incorporated into your life. And those have definitely been very influential into helping me create those habits because I used to think like, I can't meditate. I can't sit still and be quiet. I can't do a planner. I used to love planners, but I'd just like forget about them. And so yeah. you started doing your bullet journal and I'm like, well, I can't make it as beautiful as Nikki's, but like, that's not the point. No. She didn't say it has to be perfect. We just like, yeah, fuck perfect again. And you yeah. just like write things down, use it as your journal. Yeah, no one's going to see it. No one's going to see it. Oh, oh, and you said it in the big mood oh, yeah. episode too. You're like, oh, they're going to know all about me. They're going to understand <laughs> me when I die and they read my journal. That terrifies me. Um, but I guess I'll, we'll be dead. So yeah, uh, there's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and judge <laughs> right. me when I'm gone. Sure. Read. You'll learn a lot and yeah. you might regret reading it. Um, what are the biggest habits that you've incorporated into your routine, whether it's daily, weekly, or sporadically that help your mental health? I definitely meditation and exercise. Those two things I hate. Like I procrastinate on them <laughs> a lot, but then when you do them and you do them consistently, it definitely makes a huge change. So yeah. I, I tried to like, just get them out of the way, like right away, like in the morning, just get them out of the way so that you can just, cause if I think too much on it, then I'll, then I won't do it. Making my bed make, I realized I'm an environment person. Like if my environment is cluttered and messy and like crazy, then I am crazy and cluttered and messy in my head. And I never got that. I've always been like a super messy person, like where it's like organized <laughs> chaos. Like I know where my things are, but like, it looks like a giant mess trash heap. Um, and I used to get, my parents used to make fun of me all the time for that. But now I like, can't handle clutter. And I realized how much clearer I think when it's not there. So definitely clearing clutter is a good habit. I hate that that one's true, but I've had that realization in the last year because yeah, I used to get in trouble for not cleaning my room ever as a kid. Yeah. It was, oh, and then I clean it. And then like an hour later, it was looked like a bomb went off in there or whatever. Uh, as my parents would remind me, it's like a bomb <laughs> yeah. went off in here. I'm like, I don't care. It looks like I live here. Okay. And like, this is how I like it. Get a new line, by the way. <laughs> and then now I'm like, oh, oh, I get what you were saying. It does actually help my brain <laughs> if I'm not living in chaos, but I didn't want to admit that. Yeah. And you know what helped me with that? Because it's like easy to say it's an easy concept to get. Obviously, if you're like, do you want a clean house or a dirty house? Everyone's going to pick a clean house. Yeah. Okay. But like actually applying it and doing it, like how do I get myself to do it, to actually do it? And I found for me, it's after I decorate something where it's very aesthetically pleasing to me, I don't want it to get messed up. So <laughs> it like the rooms that I hadn't decorated yet, they're a shithole mess. But the rooms <laughs> that I've decorated, which is now almost all of them, I'm like, this can't get this can't get messed up. It took too long to make beautiful. So I can't make it ugly again. Um, that so that, sense. that helped a lot. Uh, and just like leave everything has having a home. I didn't know that concept growing up. Like I didn't know about organization. So just realizing that if you have a home for each one of your items that you own, and that's why the less items, the better, because it's easier. Um, but when you have that, then you just put them back to your to their home. And I kind of like anthropomorphize all of my things because it's like I'm taking care of them that way. And yeah. it is what you're doing. You're taking care of your your space. But to think of them as like having their own little minds and like I have to I'm their mom, like I have to put them back in their home, <laughs> like really like makes me want to do it more. And you do make your bed every day. I, I do. It makes oh, me man. really happy, especially like when. I started getting really into 
having the best sheets and like having them like having my bed be a hotel bed like somewhere that I really like want to go to at the end of the day like I want to retire there at at nighttime um and I got like just really into like how do I make my bed look the best and feel the best and be like the most luxurious resting place ever uh, and so making it every day helps me it reminds me that I'm like oh yeah that bed's sexy <laughs> I need to do more of that because I still am like, my couch is comfy. So if I fall asleep here a couple times a week, it's fine. But if I, I, that like, I'm, I can see my bed out of the corner of my eye and it is not made at all. And so maybe that would help if yeah. I really got and it like, to where I like it. And yeah, yeah and I get, so it's like, yeah, when I had sheets and comforters that I that weren't like great, they just like were, I don't know, Ikea or whatever. Um, not that Ikea is bad, but I just, it wasn't. <laughs> good looking like it just was ever whatever so if I made it it didn't make me filled with joy to see it made it just was like whatever that was a chore that got done but now like when I make my bed I'm like wow princess sleeps there like it's like <laughs> it's like for it's like some someone that's not me gets to sleep there I'm the that princess. actually <laughs> that helps a lot too is figuring out like in an ideal world like who would you want to be like the kind of person that has a really nice, luxurious made bed is like part of who I would want to be. I started wearing satin pajamas a lot because it just I'm like, wow, like, why can't I be her? Like, why can't I be that girl that like wears satin PJs and goes and sleeps in a luxury bed? And, and then it's like you start doing that with other things, too, where you're like, well, what else does this person do? Well, she drinks coffee out of really like vintage coffee cups that you know or like remind her of like this one time she went to Italy or whatever it is like you kind of just like dream about this character and then you just slowly like without you even really thinking about it like things just start to come together the way that you think that person would live their life and then you are that person and you just be <laughs> they just are that person because that's how habits work like you have it and it's really hard to do at first because it's like feels weird and not your normal not something you normally do and mm -hmm. then after you do it over and over and over and over and over again that's just part of you now so when you say something like well i'm just a messy person or like i or i just don't have enough money to do those things or i just whatever like you make these little excuses you're actually just defining the habits that you're comfortable keeping like you're and that's the person that you're comfortable with being you're a person that doesn't make their bed you're a person that doesn't care about their health like if you're like oh like i'd like to be a person that goes to the gym but i'm just not i'm just not motivated i'm just not that person okay then you're okay with being a person that doesn't really care about their health like that's Ooh, just yeah and like those like thinking about it that way it makes me more motivated to go to the <laughs> gym because or not the gym anymore but like to work out or get some sort of exercise in because i'm like no i am the way he puts it in atomic habits james clear wrote a book called atomic habits is you each each choice that you make is a vote for that type of person that you want to be so you could choose like not to work out today and then you're voting to be a person that doesn't take care of their health yeah. and then oh. all you need to do is have more votes in favor of the person you want to be over the person you don't want to be for the change to be made so if you miss a day whatever but if you miss you know a month then you've definitely voted to be the other type of person and that just thinking of things that way like help define my choices every day yeah and of course, like, you know, when you're going through depression or anxiety, like you're not you're never going to be perfect. OK, but just thinking of it in the terms of voting, like, well, I voted twice yesterday for being a workout person. So today I can't work out. Uh, whatever. I'll throw my vote away. Yeah. I got a couple votes this week.
Yeah. Definitely after we record, going to like wash my makeup off, going to be a person that does that, maybe make my bed and do a workout. So I'm going to vote for those things today. There you go. <laughs> Love it. I've, I've heard just you- like small changes over time. Yeah. I've heard you also talk about, I guess I've heard some people call it habit stacking where you like yeah. associate if you want a new habit and to start doing that all the time every yeah. day or whatever, then associate it with brushing your teeth or whatever mm-hmm. other habit you already do. Is that is that how you start to incorporate these things into your life? Totally. That is a, a tactic I tried. Um, I It was very helpful for like remember, remembering to take my birth control on time like that. I don't take birth control anymore, but at the time, like, you know, if you skip one, it, ru- it really ruins your whole hormone cycle, hormonal mm-hmm. cycle or whatever. So it was very, you have to take it at the same time every day and any medication really. But yeah, the only way I could remember to do that is if I kept it next to my toothpaste, did it right after brushing my teeth, <laughs> then I didn't have to think about it. It was habit stacking. And that's very helpful if it's something that you do every day and that you need to make sure you do it at the same time every day. For me though, what's been way more helpful because of how my schedule is where it's different every day is environmentally. This is a different way of incorporating habits where I put everything on my pathway, on my usual pathway. So if I go to make coffee and then I know after coffee, I go brush my teeth, then in the bathroom, I keep my gym clothes so that I, after brushing my teeth, I change right into the gym clothes. Then I go downstairs and go on the treadmill or whatever. And then next to the treadmill, you put like your meditation stuff or whatever it is. So it's on a pathway that makes it the easiest to follow. Yeah. 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 That makes so much sense. So like all of your gym clothes are in the bathroom? No, I set out an outfit like every When do you do that? Like the day um, before? The day before. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like, please, I want to know everything. I need to so, I need sometimes... I want to be this person. I want to yeah. vote for this in my life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um so like you don't have to put it in the bathroom. You can put it in your closet or wherever your pathway is, yeah. but but yeah, so since I I will all wear the same gym clothes you know, a couple of days in a row, if it's, if it's just like walking, if it's not like heavy sweating. And so I might decide, oh, these aren't really that dirty. So I'll take them off and put them right back in the bathroom. Or if they're way too dirty, then I'm putting them in the laundry. And then my new set of gym clothes is right there. I take those immediately, put them in the bathroom. So it's, everything's Smart. like on a pathway and I don't have to really think too much about it because it's all in the normal course of where I naturally go. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it with everything having a home, like you yeah. said, like everything has a home. And then also, yeah, my lately, because I got really off of my meditation practice for a while, like wasn't doing it consistently. And I can tell because I'm like, oh, my brain's good. I'm fine. And then you yeah. <laughs> stop doing it for a month. I'm like, why is my brain? Brains off? trick like, us like that. <laughs> I'm fine. I don't need those meds. I don't need that yeah. therapy. I don't need this. Like, no, just look at us. We're thriving. We're good. Yeah. I got sun today. I can skip everything else. And then a month later, I'm like, oh, wait, that, Mm. oh, I stopped meditating. So now I've been trying to, when I can't have my coffee, unless I'm going to like bring it and sit it next to me while I'm meditating with my journal. And that's just the morning. And I can't have the coffee if, if I don't do that. (laughs) Rewards definitely, that's a great way of incorporating new habits too. Except then like, it's sad because like you're meditating and the warm coffee's sitting there and I'm like, well, I can't drink it while I meditate. So <laughs> this is kind of backwards, but that's okay. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe sense. you could make it, you could make it after you meditate unless you need to yeah. smell it. Because if you need to smell it, then I guess you should brew it. I 
love nut butter. Okay, that definitely sounds weird when I say it out loud in audio form, but you know you love it too, okay? Some toast with some nut butter on it in the morning. Mmm. So let me introduce you to my favorite nut butter makers, Ground Up. They make super unique flavors like cinnamon snickerdoodle, coconut cardamom, and Oregon hazelnut. I can honestly never pick a favorite, but that is not the only thing that makes them unique. Ground Up's tagline is spread good because the company also provides job opportunities to women overcoming adversity like incarceration, homelessness, and mental illness. You can support their mission by buying some delicious nut butter for yourself at grounduppdx.com and use the code MENTALLYTOGETHER, all one word, for 15% off your order. That's code MENTALLYTOGETHER, all one word, at grounduppdx.com. Does grocery shopping stress you out? Do you order takeout way too often? Let me tell you about something that has really helped me combat both of those things. Instacart. With my ADHD and anxiety, sometimes the whole process of figuring out what to make for dinner, then getting the ingredients, and then actually making it seems like a lot. So now I have cut out one part of that process by shopping on Instacart. I can go online and search for exactly what ingredients I need, pick out the best deals, and then wonderful human shoppers will go out into the world and hand select everything. You can even order from multiple stores at the same time. Then it's delivered to your door in as fast as one hour. Oh, and probably my favorite part is that all of my orders are saved in Instacart. So then the next time I order groceries, I can just click and reorder my usual stuff. It's amazing. Is it weird to say that online grocery shopping has helped my mental health? Only if it wasn't true. To get free delivery on your first order over $35, click the link in the show notes. It lets Instacart know we sent you, gets you that free delivery, and helps support our show. Now, back to the show. You, you know, you have the things that you always do in your life and your career that you have in your life, but then it seems like you're always adding new things. Mm-hmm. What do you call them? Hobbies or little like side businesses, like kittens and coffee, your jewelry mm-hmm. line, or all these different things. Like, do you, seems like you're just really good at saying, you know what? I want to try this new thing and I'm just going to do it instead of getting stuck in a place of, well, I've never done that. I've never yeah. been a person that makes candles. So why could I start now? Like for me, it took me a long time to decide that I could be a plant person because I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I've always killed them. So that's just me. I'm not that. But yeah, you can go. It seems from the outside, obviously, that you can be like, you know what? I'm going to be. And I guess it's kind of what you already said of like, I want to be that person. And this is what I envision. I don't know if that's where it comes from. But um yeah, yeah, I uh, it's a blessing and a curse because I have <laughs> a thousand million things that I want to do at any given time. Uh, but yeah, I think that whole style of living and learning is has always been my go to where um, I like that. I want that. I want to I want to know what that's about. Um <laughs> do I have to have some sort of qualification to do it? Okay. What's the minimum qualification? Like, okay, I'll learn the basics. All right. I'm just going to try it. And then I, you know, I just learned by getting in there and being hands-on and Mm -hmm. like failing at it. Like, you know, if I fail, sometimes I try things and I'm good at it right away. That's also a curse. Cause then you're like, (laughs) I don't know how to, 
like what what do I do now? Like I have to, yeah. how do I improve this? But yeah, like so like you could study your ass off about something or at least I could like just read all the books on it, but until I actually go in there and try it and yes. figure out like what works and doesn't work for me, I just don't, I won't learn it. Like I won't learn the thing. And I I love that. I feel like it's it's exciting. I I like having things to look forward to. That's exciting. And being a beginner at something's really exciting. Like when it's a new passion, when it's like a new thing. And so I'm constantly like, I'm constantly getting interested in trying new things. Cause I just, I just think it's fun to like learn things. And I think if you're gonna do that, if you're a type of person that's like, I don't know, like, and that's something that I've never tried before. I don't, I don't know if I could ever do it. If you're going to try to change and be a person that just does it, just <laughs> be prepared to either keep it to yourself, like, cause you're, you're going to be bad at it at first, or you're going to be like mediocre, but like you, you're not going to be great at it. Right. And I think the mistake people make when they're like kind of on the fence with their personality about jumping into things is telling people and then they get judged by other people and then they can't handle the criticism or judgments. And so they end up quitting before they even get to see if they'd be good at it. And it's really sad. Like, so don't share it unless you're a so passionate about it that you're willing to forego any criticisms or B you just think that you don't like, you don't really care what people think (laughs) like, yeah. Or C, you're like, I want to fit in and I shouldn't try this at all. And like, then, <laughs> then you could just try it and quit it. But um, I don't recommend that one. That makes so much sense. I feel like most of life that people forget is it should be play. Like a lot of people just forget to play. And I feel like my whole life is just remembering to play over and over again. Uh, and then also, you know, letting yourself have feelings and emotions and, and cry. But yeah. If people could just remember that more, I feel like they take themselves less seriously and then they'd probably enjoy their lives more. Yeah. I love that. And kind of goes back to like that everybody's just a little kid inside yeah. them. They're like we're just playing and having feelings and just being people. That's all. When, like doing. when you watch when you watch somebody and like they're doing something that you really want to do, whatever it is, like let's say you want to be a surfer and you're watching someone just kill it at <laughs> surfing and they're so passionate about surfing. It is that little kid part of you that's like, I want to be a surfer. Oh, like, like I want to do it. And then like then there's that just that line of just letting yourself do it. Like, yeah, just let yourself go do it. Then if you want it, be bad at it. Sounds fun for you. Yeah. yeah. And then what if you're good? Like, what if it ends up being like you're you're like really good at it? What if you end up being <laughs> genius at it? Like you'll never know if you don't like actually try. And I do think that those little sparks of like where you're like, "Ooh, I want to try that." I think those do kind of guide us to your passion points and and then like your genius. I think that you're each person's a genius at something. They just maybe haven't discovered what it is yet. And yeah. a lot of that is because they're too scared to try something that they've been interested in. Right. How do you figure out what you do like doing if you don't try any of the things? Yeah. Especially when you've been trained not to pursue those things. You've been trained to like just get a stable job and like just work lots and make uh-huh. money and provide and, you know, but it's not, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's lame. If the yeah. last year has taught us anything. Exactly. Yeah. Throw it yeah. out the window. I mean, you need to like provide, sure, but like it doesn't mean your whole life has to be dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of like picking up new hobbies too comes from like, okay, I need to take a break. Well, what's oh, this is kind of fun. Let me try this when I'm on my break. And yeah, then like I kind of get really into that one thing and I like can't <laughs> wait for my break to happen so that I could go do that thing again. 
And that's kind of where, you know, maybe that eventually becomes something you want to pursue full time, but totally not for me. Usually it's just a fun thing. Yeah. Or like a year that is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What happens with me? I'm like, shoot, did I really like this? Did I, can I stop this now? Cause I don't like it anymore. Uh, Yeah. Eh. Whatever. Right. But I don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like my true calling and now, sorry, whatever. It's fine. It's so hard to distinguish (laughs) that when you're like in the midst of excitement about it. Speaking of the last year, if our brains do work very similarly, I'm very curious. Do you did like quarantine? Was it kind of did have you enjoyed it? Like being home and not socializing and just like does it make you anxious to go back to normal things? <laughs> uh, I don't think I am going to go back to normal things. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, I'm very happy. Um, <laughs> I feel bad that I'm happy because I think the majority of people, I mean, people are social creatures. So like you need some sort of socialization, sure. But some people need less than others. And for me, I really love being alone and not just being alone, but the obligations were removed, you know, because it's one thing to like choose to be alone, but I do love my friends and, and I love my family and I love, like, I love people. Right. And so it's, it's not like I don't want to see them. It's just Mm -hmm. that when every weekend becomes filled with, with people planning things or like doing things and they're invited to things, it's great to feel invited, but then it's like, I feel like I have to go because otherwise you're going to think, I don't know that I don't, I mean, maybe this is with my own brain, but I feel very obligated to show up, especially if I, if I've said no a couple of times, then I uh-huh. can't keep saying no. And they're never going to invite me. They won't like me if yeah, I just or they're gonna take no it again. Yeah. They think that I don't like them or whatever it is. Like, I don't, it's not that like, <laughs> I just really need a lot of recharging time and socialization um, really drains me. And mm-hmm. it's hard. To, it takes me a, a day or two to like, get my energy back to do the things I need to do. So it's not just the couple hours of going to a party. It's that I know the next day I'm going to need a whole day to recharge and maybe longer than that. So yeah, I, it's like, do I really want to go to this party? It's it's a big deal and it causes a lot of anxiety and then it causes anxiety when I'm there. (laughs) And, and unless I'm like, so, so super comfortable with you, like I'm, going to be like trying to people please the whole time. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it becomes draining and uh, quarantine has just released all of those obligations and it's been really freeing. And uh, I, I do enjoy spending time with those people, but it's only like occasionally now because we all have the quarantine in between. And um, I, I think it's the perfect amount of time of hanging yeah. out with people <laughs> So it's really hard to see things going back to normal. I know like when quarantine ends, everybody's going to be so antsy to go hang out. And uh, I, I'll definitely like go the first two, one or two times. But then like, I think it's maybe become normalized that it's okay to say no now. Yeah, um, I hope so. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that. Or just be like, I need a day. I, like I, I need to recover now. So sorry. I can't, you know, I did that yesterday. I had like a two hour Zoom hangout the other day and I was like, I can't talk to people for like two days yeah. on Zoom. This was like, it's draining. <laughs> so many people I'm like, ah, what, what I used yeah. to do all the time. Like, and it was just normal. But now I'm like, I can't, I just can't anymore. I guess I was pretending maybe. And now I know that I was pretending. So I'm done. 
<laughs> you just like weren't acknowledging your true, like your most true authentic feelings. And yeah. I think that's what I was doing too. Cause it's not like when I'm socializing, it's not fake. It's not like I'm like putting on a show, but it's just like, I'm giving you, I'm doing the most like energy wise. I'm, I'm giving you all of my energy to make it normal for us. And then when I go home, I am completely depleted, but you don't see that because I gave you all of my best self, which is great because like, uh, you know, that's, I don't know, that's how it should be. If you're going to spend time with people, it should be quality over quantity. But now if you want to hang out tomorrow, like there's no way, like there's yeah. no, you're not getting the same person. You're it's like, this. I gave you all of it. Like it's gone. <laughs> so I have to re-energize and maybe through quarantine, people have learned a lot more about their own mental health and like really kind of felt their own, their own authentic feelings. And so uh, when we go back to after quarantine, it'll be normal to voice it, to be like, Hey, so I'm having a mental health day or Hey, like so I'm feeling anxiety right now. And I, I don't think I'll be the be my best self <laughs> at your function. Yeah. Um, then maybe that will be normal. I hope so. And I as far so. as work goes, um, I completely stopped auditioning. I, I like told my manager that I, I'll audition if it's like a really fun, silly part, but like I've stopped going on most of my auditions and I like it at first I was really scared I was like oh my acting has been such a big part of my life since I was like very young so this is going to be weird but it's been it's been great like yeah I actually like feel like for the first time in my life I'm only working on things that I love yes that's amazing if you're loving this episode of mentally together you might be curious what goes on behind the scenes? Which parts of the conversation were left on the cutting room floor? Well, let's talk about it over on Patreon. My patrons get to see deleted video clips from every episode and get to be the first to ask questions of each podcast guest. Like from this episode, I talked to Nikki for way too long, so I had to cut some sections out. So over on Patreon, you can find me and Nikki talking about setting boundaries between hobbies and business, how to start eating plant-based, and, of course, our mutual love of plants. Oh, and as one of my patrons, you get every episode of the show a day early, on Sundays. You can read all about the different tiers and sign up at patreon.com slash Cassidy Quinn. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Cassidy Quinn. Okay, so now we have a few questions from our friends on the internet. Okay, hi, internet friends. The first two come from our friends on Patreon because their questions get to come What's first. What's up, Patreon? Yeah. yeah. Also, go to the Sticky Studios, right? That's what it's oh, called. Oh, right, yeah. Patreon.com slash Steve. Yes. Yeah. So good. To anyone that wants to make like a couple name with their significant other, you can't beat Sticky. Just uh, it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> So Peter wants to know, what were the challenges you faced before you revealed to your audience that you live with depression? And what have the challenges been since you shared that part of your life with your audience? Also, he says, go pack, go. He's a pack. Oh, hell yeah. From go Chicago. Pack, go. Woo. I say go Seahawks, but you know, they, they uh, whatever, it's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although you guys, oh, you guys took us out of the championship twice. So it's I kind of have a, a hate relationship with Seattle, but um, you know, go ahead. That's um, fine. That's fine. So, so yeah, uh, mental health challenges yeah, mental you face before you revealed you live with depression to your audiences and then the challenges since you shared that, if any. Yeah. So beforehand, I I mean, I was, I've been in comedy forever and I think it's more clear now that comedians are 
some of the most depressed people ever. Uh, but back then, I don't think it was as talked about. Like, it just really seemed like you're a jokey person. Like, you're doing jokes all the time. You're doing comedy all the time. So you you don't have any sort of depression. That's crazy. It's usually a way to cover up all the pain and stuff. So beforehand, mm-hmm. yeah, there was no talk about it. But um, I, I did feel like there was a point where, like, maybe if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be in comedy. So it's kind of like, oh, it's a blessing. And then I was scared to get too happy. It's weird. I went through a weird Aww. phase. But um, after I <laughs> after I talked about it, I think I felt like it was really freeing, first of all, because I feel like it should be talked about more. I also felt like how I feel so much on a lot of other subjects I talk about. There's there's a whole world of other people feeling the same way and who feel so alone and like no one understands and no one gets it. And when they see somebody that they've been following that they didn't think could ever understand open up and say like they completely understand it creates this sort of safety where like you can actually you're you can actually feel safe being yourself or you could actually feel less alone maybe not completely safe but you could feel less alone and I think a lot of us just like just want to feel understood and just want to feel like we're not broken and so (laughs) when you feel like you're alone in that you, you definitely do feel broken and when you feel like um there's tons of other people saying they have the same thing as you or they, they're going through the same thing. It, it, feel, it builds like a community, right? And so I feel like I didn't have that community before because even, you know, having a platform and being able to say I have this thing, I didn't know if anybody, I didn't know if I was going to scream into a void or if well, there there yeah. was other people who felt the same way because what if I said it and then everyone's like, you're weird and crazy and you should get that checked <laughs> out. And then no one, and then I'm just, I feel more broken. But I have found over time, it's better to open up about the things that are painful or or causing the most hurt um, or the most joy, like just opening up about all those things there is always someone who's going through the same thing as you who needed that or needed to hear that, or you needed to hear their thing. The only struggle I found from this, and this really hasn't happened yet, but it's just a fear, I guess, is um, if we had a kid, if we had a baby, I worry that maybe some people might think I'm an unfit mother or that like, how can you take care of a child when you have mental health issues or mental illness issues? And I think that that's like a, a stigma that's still kind of there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my response to that is like, there have been so many mothers over the course of history that you probably just didn't even know had depression because it was too scary to talk about and everyone just like swept it under the rug. So you have no yeah. idea. We don't have any clue how many people had it. So, And maybe and like when you are a mom, you will be able, like that will inspire other moms to be able to open up and... Yeah, like it's and you a have good a thing if you're a mom and you talk to your kids about it and like have that not as this secret in your brain, you know? Exactly, because I know when I brought it up to my mom, because I I did when I was a teenager, I was like, I think I might have like some serious depression. And depression wasn't a word that was talked about ever. Like no one ever talked about it back in the early 2000s, the 90s. It was like, if you said that, then you have to go to a doctor, get some medication, go get like rehabbed or, or something. Uh, so I brought it up to my mom and she was like, no, no, you don't have that. No, oh. like, that's no, 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 no. Like you're able to get through life and you're, you don't do these things. And she, she, she researched uh bipolar, like a uh, manic depression. Oh. So I don't have any manic sides at all. Like I don't, I could never stay up past midnight. Like I am not <laughs> a manic 
type at all. Um, I only have the depression part. So she just equated like, if you are going to say you have depression, it has to be bipolar and you have to have like manic depression episodes uh, and you don't. So therefore you don't have it. Um, And I think knowing what I know now, like, I mean, if my child came to me, I would have a better understanding, but it just wasn't the time back then. Like we just didn't know a lot about it. So I don't blame my mom at all, but it does. I think I would, it would help if my child had some sort of thing. Totally. But I can, I can see how that is a fear in your mind of like when you become a mom is, yeah. Is everybody going to say, but the point is, yeah, moms have it all the time. I know a million moms that, and they're, you know, it sucks, but they also are great mothers. (laughs) Exactly. It does. One does not prevent the other from happening then yeah, they probably understand their kids more and are more caring. So it's great. More empathetic for sure. (laughs) Jenna says, I've heard you say that Steve, your husband was not, not telling you, but anyone Mm -hmm. else forgot who Steve was. Steve was not always so open with his feelings and letting them out, but it seems like he's better at it now. How did you help him get there? Mm, Uh, Mostly just making him feel safe when he did open up. So it, it encourages him to open up more. Um, I also think he hit a boiling point at one point where he just couldn't bottle his feelings in anymore. Ooh. And so that like, hopefully you get there before those that happens. But like for him, that's what it kind of took. He like was really depressed and didn't know he was depressed because he always kind of went with the chin up man up attitude. And then he just couldn't ignore it anymore. And actually we do a, we do a, bonus episode of shit they don't tell you on our patreon called shit they don't tell you after dark so check it out <laughs> if you want to but on shit they don't tell you after dark it's like really intimate and we're filming in our closet so it just makes it even more intimate and we're usually drinking something like i, I usually <laughs> drink wine he has a whiskey drink or whatever and so it's a little bit more free and we're talking about things that we're currently going through like our biggest things that we're currently going through and we haven't quite figured out yet and so that just came out i asked him like, what's up with you? How have you been? Like, what's going on? And he just kind of crumbled and like, yeah, he like opened up and cried a little bit and like talked about just acknowledged like things that he'd been feeling that he was trying to suppress. And I think that was like the beginning of him really (laughs) opening up and it was a safe space. So it like, like you open up and like, you're all like, heart out to the world and it, someone could easily hurt you and like shut you down but because it was like so safe and nurturing it's like oh okay that wasn't so bad i just feel a lot better yeah. now i'm gonna do this more that's wonderful yeah and so yeah the whole like chin up you're a man be strong i mean that's what a lot so of us were raised helpful. with it's so yeah. hard to get out of that mindset when you're raised that uh, way. yes Melissa says, I'm an introvert and I have a hard time making friends as an adult. I love seeing the girlfriend group that you've built. What advice do you have for someone trying to make friends as a grown up? Oh, I don't know if I'm the best person for this because (laughs) I gave up. I just gave up on trying to find girlfriends. And I think, you know, a lot of times that's how the best things come to you is like when you stop looking for love is when you find your soulmate. That's when Steve and I found each other. We had both like sworn off dating. (laughs) And then that's like when we got together, I stopped doing stand up like uh, back in 2013 to focus on YouTube. And that's when I got invited to go to the the biggest stand up festival ever was after Whoa. I gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of what happened in the girl group. And that's not like a formula that can be like 
okay, it's worked for me. It's going to work for you. But in my experience, that's what happened as I was like, I was, I was trying so hard to make girlfriends and like almost not forcing friendships, but like just really hoping they happen. And like, it was like dating where you're like, is this the one, please be the one like, Oh my God. Oh, they didn't text me back. Does that mean they hate me? Like, uh, you know, and and it was stressful and it didn't need to be. And so I just was like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of, ha- I'm happy, like not having friends. I'm like, I have Steve, like he's my best friend. So like, I'm really like, I don't need it. And then that's when the girls group just kind of formed together. Like all of a sudden all these women <laughs> and all of them felt that way. Like it was like the same kind of serendipitous situation where I feel that way. And then there's other women that who are like, I don't know how to make girlfriends either. And then you just kind of all come together and you're like a bunch of people that didn't know how to make girlfriends. Now you have girlfriends. Like we did it. Wow. You did it. <laughs> so That's keep, your, awesome. keep your head up. Like there's other people yeah. out there that feel the same way and you just have yet to meet them. Yes. That's just a motto for a lot Everything. of things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we have a quick round of questions. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> When was the last time you cried? Uh, yeah, this morning. <laughs> I just cry at every emotion, so I was really happy this morning. Aww. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Steve like gave me a bunch of cuddles, and then I'm like, my cat was like cuddling me while I was meditating, and it just like made me so happy that I just cried. That's lovely. That's so yeah. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I cry uh, a lot. <laughs> What about the last time you had a big belly laugh? Oh, that's a good one because I don't belly laugh at a lot of things. <laughs> um, maybe yesterday or the day before. We've been watching Shits Creek and they have some pretty good <gasps> so moments. Good. I don't know if they're belly laugh, but um, yeah. yesterday, oh, I did. Okay, this is a spoiler, but I did surprise Steve with the best gift he's ever gotten in his life. And he could tell something was up because I hid it somewhere and I wanted him to find it. And then he could tell someone was up that I that was acting weird but he couldn't put his finger on it and he kept walking right by it and I was like busting up because he kept walking right by it and then he being like what what am I supposed to notice I don't notice anything and I'm like yeah no there's nothing here it's nothing it's nothing and then when he finally saw it I just oh yeah that was that was a pretty good belly laugh (laughs) that's awesome what are you grateful for right now um this this engaging conversation oh thank you yeah I'm very grateful for it too and that we get to just do this like right no this is just part of life now it's so lovely <laughs> thank you awesome what sound can calm you down or bring you joy Ooh, you cat purring Ooh. cats purring purring like they can't be replicated what about a smell that does the same thing Ooh, well, right now everything smells like a latex glove. Um, yeah, true. I, oh, wow. That was wish. A bad, that's a sad question. I'm just like, <laughs> knock a girl while she's down. Uh, <laughs> last time I cried was now. <laughs> no, uh, but before that, I I love, uh, there's this one PF candle company scent that's called Teakwood and Tobacco. And I actually found a way to replicate it in my own candle making, which is awesome. But there's a, yeah, that scent I love. Like, it just makes me feel moody, like, like, vibey, like, chill. Like, everything's chill. What is the best thing you do for your mental health? Acknowledge it. It's probably the best thing. And then there's various coping mechanisms, depending on what it is. But, uh, yeah, acknowledging it is the first step for sure. What's the worst thing you do that you should maybe stop doing? Ignore it. (laughs) Or, Or pile on more things, like... I get that way when I feel overwhelmed and I 
so I do this thing where like when I'm in a good mood and I pile a bunch of things on my plate because I'm like, yeah, I want to do all the things. And then like I go into a month, like a depression episode and I can't do all the things that I started, but I but I now set deadlines and like did all this stuff where like people are depending on me. I'm like, it's so overwhelming. Like, why did I do this? And then I get anxiety from it because I'm too depressed to do the thing. And then it's bad. Like, so don't overwhelm myself is the so even if I feel enough energy to do it like don't <laughs> commit to something too many things that are not yes. gonna be able to be handled if you're if you happen to have an episode what is your biggest guilty pleasure oh reality tv oh yeah I never used to watch it before quarantine now I'm like okay I, I get it I see why people are into this this is very addicting when do you feel most yourself um I mean, in quarantine, honestly, <laughs> like, I I don't know. I don't really try to be anyone else anymore. It's like, yeah. that makes sense. Like, I'm not around a bunch of people, so therefore there's no need to people please. So I mm-hmm. feel like I've been the most myself I've ever been in the past year. Yeah. If you wrote a biography, what would it be called? Oh, I've thought about this before. So <laughs> I had a title that was, well, it'd probably be called Fuck Perfect. But um, <laughs> yeah. I had like, you know, I just want to do a good job. Um, and then um, I'm, I'm pigeon-toed and life's a balancing act was one. <laughs> We're working on it. It's a working title. Maybe it'll just be called working title. You'll probably feel like you will write a book. So yeah. we'll see. We'll hang on to this and then. And then we'll see what happens. Sure. We'll follow like, follow the blog channel. Yeah. YouTube.com exactly. slash Nikki. <laughs> yes. What is something you're really good at that people might not know? Which this I feel like is a tough question for you because there's got to be something that you don't share with us that you're really good at <laughs> mm, sex mm. <laughs> i do share that though <laughs> talk about that That's a great uh, answer <laughs> i'm a hula dancer i don't know if i ever talked in depth about that but Wait, i really? did um hula and tahitian dancing for 12 years and semi-professionally because we used to go do them for like companies and uh weddings and stuff and we'd get hired Ooh. and yeah so wow there's that. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks. What is some shit they don't tell you about mental health? To steal the name of your podcast. <laughs> <sighs> that it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good sound bite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Save that. Mental note. And then the last one is the most random. If you had to get something tattooed on your forehead... Like, it's a thing that everyone's doing now, and it's, like, your message to the world or yourself. Right now, we just have to look at it on Zoom a lot on ourselves, which would be really uncomfortable. But it's just a thing that that everyone's doing. So um, what would your forehead tattoo say? I mean, I want to say fuck perfect, but I feel like it's so overdone of that, like, (laughs) I mean, I have jewelry and forehead tattoos. I, I kind of have been digging this thing lately, and maybe it's a passing phase. We'll see. Right now, I want to say it'd be fuck perfect for the tattoo thing, but... My, my thing that I'm going through right now, I would want it to say main character because a lot Ooh. of, yeah, a lot of like the things that I, like when I'm struggling, I'm like, this is not main character energy. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to like, to get it back into like enjoying the thing that you're doing and not looking at it like a chore. I'm like, no, the main character, she just does these things. She like 
she like has maybe like she has like a little kerfuffle that she has to deal with but like it's like fun and she deals with it like she's it's like a fun thing and then she like she makes her bed because like she's a main character like she's like having a good life like so like <laughs> i just want main character energy all the time i don't want to be an extra in anyone's life i don't want to be a co-star role like when i was waitressing i was like always a co-star like a one-liner in people's other people's movies and now like i'm a main character okay yeah the main character energy <laughs> is that why we all make youtube channels because we're like yeah we're like we're the main I'm character literally am the main character no one can tell me otherwise because it's exactly oh <laughs> so much better that. and then of course where can everybody find you all over the internet all the millions of things and places like it's very complicated it's at nikki limo everywhere pretty much everywhere <laughs> Then they got shit they don't tell you. That's every week. I, yeah, then that's you on YouTube.com slash Nikki Limo. And then I have on Instagram, you can find Kittens and Coffee. Uh, it hasn't really launched, relaunched yet. It launched before, but it's Kits underscore and underscore cough. Kits and cough. <laughs> uh, Big Mood. You can find me on Big Mood. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. If you, business I'm pretty, woman. I'm pretty sure if you just type in Nikki Limo, you could find me on everything. The right. vlog channel is youtube.com slash Nikki. So that was kind of a score. Genius. Yeah. I am the Nikki on YouTube. That's so cool. Yeah. Congratulations on being the Nikki. Thank you. <laughs> the main character. You are the main character. I'm the main character. Of all. <laughs> of all. And then is there anything else about mental health or anything that you wish people would know? Um, just, yeah, just don't judge other people because you never know what they're going through. I feel like we live in a society right now, especially with social media, that people are really quick to judge. People are just really quick to see a snippet of somebody and like just judge them right away. And you just never know their backstory or what they're going through or what things they struggle with on a daily basis. So I always try to be really mindful of that, that like just because you have a mental health issue doesn't mean you're the only one. There's people are really good at hiding it. So yeah, just if don't be quick to judge yeah that's yeah. beautiful thank you thank, thank you, you so much oh my gosh i've talked to you forever you're wonderful well thanks for having me this is really fun and thank you wonderful human for listening to this episode of mentally together we release new episodes every monday so i cassidy quinn will see you next week in the meantime go do something nice for your brain today go write in your bullet journal make your bed try a new hobby Whatever will make your day just a little bit better. Oh, and keep an eye out for Nikki's jewelry line, Kittens and Coffee, which she's relaunching soon. So you can get your own fuck perfect bracelet. Because remember, we are all just trying to keep ourselves mentally together. Together is produced, hosted, and edited by Cassidy Quinn in collaboration with Koba FM, a podcast network that is all about community, baby. 